Now, with the World Series drought that you guys were on, maybe not going to a game ends that World Series drought? I don't know. See, now I got you thinking. Because I went to a lot of games in 09. Because I was laid off by NBC, given a very fat severance package, and I was giving myself a break because I literally worked from 16 until 34, straight through. Through college I worked, and then I got a full-time job right away. And when NBC laid me off, I'm like, I'm taking some time off. And I went to a bunch of Yankee games at the new stadium. I actually spent over $600 on a Legends seat for the opening day at the new stadium and it was the best over six hundred dollars i spent it was great (laughs) yeah and i'm hoping next year to get to a pirates game i did not get to any this year but i do like to ask other hosts when they play the pirates because i know most people just think of the pirates as the crapshoot that they are right now what players impressed you over this series the two games that you got to see and even earlier in the year when these teams played or there, was there anybody there that was like, oh, I'd like to see him in a Yankees uniform or anybody that you could see as, okay, the Pirates have something going here? Um, Rodolfo, he impressed me. Um, and at least his phone didn't fall out of his pocket during this Which series. is funny because since that moment, he has the highest slugging percentage in baseball against left-handed pitchers. Mm-hmm. Um, Very interesting. Yeah. Uh I'm just fascinated by O'Neill Cruz and by how hard he hits the ball. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Um, you heard about the FaceTime call he had with Paul O'Neill yesterday? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> awesome stuff because he's named after the guy. It was beautiful stuff. Like yeah. stuff like that is just like, oh, this is awesome. Like, okay, this is more than baseball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, you already mentioned Contreras. Yes. I'm uh, very the, impressed uh, by him. The other Yankee, uh, Miguel Uhure, did not have – the yeah. greatest of times. <laughs> no, that was not fun for him. I felt bad because I, I, when I saw, I was recording an episode with Lindsay, but I had the game on a different computer and I was kind of keeping track like with one eye while we were recording last night. And I was looking at that. I was like, oh, yeah, that's not great. Yeah, his ERA is almost a 10. Yeah. So uh, good job by missing that one there, Stace. You guys, uh, you guys missed a great one there. Um. <laughs> realistically too i've been talking about the playoffs a lot down the stretch of this year one of my segments is usually just taking a look at the playoffs and where things will go with the yankees i believe you guys get that first round by correct yes if they win the division um they if they win tonight they clinch a berth and the magic number is down to nine or eight mm-hmm. nine or eight so they're up six and a half yes it's looking okay. It's looking okay. Uh, the series in Toronto, um, you know, if they take two out of three, then they're home free. So, you know, hoping they take at least two out of four against the Red Sox. I'm not expecting a sweep, and I'm, you know, I, I'm not going to expect too much from them. Um, you know, they just need to win the majority of the games down the stretch, and hopefully they will. I just, uh, yeah, the, that first round by is going to be nice for me to be relaxed for a few days and uh, seeing other people, you know, other fan bases flipping out because of a wild card series. That'll be nice because I don't like wild card anything anymore. I don't. I hate it. I'm glad it's a series now and not just a one off because the one off wild card game is not good for your heart rate or your blood pressure or anything. And 
It's fun for people who aren't involved in it. I love watching the National League wildcard and, you know, when they used to have game 163 and other teams were involved. It's great. But when your team is in it, I do not recommend. It is not fun. Mm -mm. Yeah, Stace, I know it's not fun. Mm -mm. Mm. It's not fun, it's not fun <laughs> facing uh, Johnny Cueto, Madison Bumgarner, and Jake Arrieta in one game, all at home, where year the 2014 year, and this is the one that always gets lost in translation. Yeah. Because the Giants just curb-stomped us. They did. Everybody forgets that the Pittsburgh Pirates as a team chose to give everybody in the stadium a piece of damn paper to tell them what to chant at Madison Bumgarner the whole game. <laughs> Obviously, it didn't work, and they go on to win the World Series. So not only did you not learn your lesson with this, you did it again in 2015 with Jake Arrieta. I get it. It worked one time with Johnny Cueto. Newsflash, a lot of people forget this. Johnny Cueto was good that year. He wasn't great, and he was not built for one game playoff. Right. Madison Bumgarner built for – he could have pitched all seven games in the World Series as far as I'm concerned that year. Mm -hmm. Jake Arrieta, same thing. The only reason the Cubs didn't win the World Series in 15 is because Jake Arrieta was their only pitcher. Right. And that's where I agree with you about now that I like that it's a series because you have certain teams like the Angels – for example, have Shohei Otani. I'm sorry, but if it's a one-game playoff and the Angels are there and all you're having to tell me is Shohei Otani has to pitch six or seven good innings, not too many pitchers in the American League are better than Shohei Otani is overall. Mm -hmm. Even look at the White Sox right now. Say the White Sox shockingly came back into the wild card. I'm taking Dylan Cease over anybody right now. Yeah. The White Sox aren't a good baseball team. Not really. No. And what's even more infuriating about 2015, and everybody's heard me say this a million times, the Pirates had the second best record in baseball that year. By one game, the Cardinals beat them out. Everybody knows the rest is history. Mm -hmm. And that's the only extent of what I know what the playoffs are. Which now is also the time where I've forgotten all the new uh, playoff rules. I just know it's a first round bye. I don't remember if it's the two teams that are left, like the two first round bye teams get to choose who they play next. Is that how that works? No, I think it's Houston will get the winner right now as it stands, I believe. Houston will get the winner of the Jays and the Rays, and the Yankees will get the winner between. The Guardians, Guardians and, the and, and the Mariners. Yeah. What's that right there? Now that we're talking about the playoffs and hopefully, yeah, this is going to be probably a two-parter episode where you're going to get one on Thursday, one on Friday, because <laughs> this is fascinating. Seattle and Cleveland is actually a series that I would be very highly interested in and watching very closely. Yeah, well, not, even, not even because Julio they're going to be Rodriguez. playing the Yankees, though. Yeah, but not even that. Like, it's not because they're going to be the opponent. It's just seeing those two teams in this situation, especially the Mariners haven't made the playoffs since 01. And, you know, and the Rays and the Jays, if that that's also if things don't flip around, because the Rays are kind of falling off a little bit and it might, mm -hmm. things might change before the end of the season if they keep falling and it could be a totally different thing. But if, yeah. as it stands right now, I think those two wildcard series are going to be amazing. Yeah, because right now Tampa Bay only has a half-game lead on Seattle. Mm. 
So that could change some things, which I even think Seattle, Toronto would be, that would be really fun. Yeah. What do you think right now of the playoffs as it stands where the Yankee, what's a team in the playoffs you don't want the Yankees to have to face? Like if you had to pick any of them. I actually will exclude the Astros because you guys always end up playing the Astros. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we'll exclude the Astros. Seattle. I'm scared of Seattle. <laughs> I really Really? Am. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Can you give a reason why? Luis Castillo? <laughs> yeah. That's a good reason why. Yeah. And, um, I mean, you don't know how Julio Rodriguez is going to play in the postseason. Right. He could either be postseason Mike Trout or postseason David Fries. Mm-hmm. I'm... And uh, as we're talking, by the way, for anybody wondering, uh, Pirates fans, David Bednar just got reinstated, so that's good news. Get to watch him pitch down the stretch. So I'm trying to think of how the playoff bracket would work. So you said that you guys at currently would play the winner of Toronto and Tampa Bay, you said? Mm-mm, the Astros would. Yankees would do Guardians or Mariners at the moment because Astros have the better uh, – they're going to they're gonna... – they're up by like eight games in that. The Yankees aren't catching up to that. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so what are your uh, your AL playoff predictions then? Because it's pretty set in stone. I don't think Baltimore, Minnesota, or Chicago is catching anybody. So, I don't know because I really need to see how and where Tampa's going to finish because it really depends on how the wild cards shape up. Um, I. Th- hmm. I don't know. I think I'm more scared. I'm more scared of the Guardians or Mariners than I am about the Rays and the Jays because the Yankees are more familiar with the Rays and the Jays because they play them so much. And I feel like it's almost harder. Well, it is to face a team that you're not used to playing so much because, you know, you know more about the teams that you face 19 times a season. And if you face them in the playoffs, it's not as much preparation. Sure, there's preparation. But when you're facing a team that you only play six times, it's a lot different. Yeah, very and um, I'm really just in the market of chalk. I really do think it's going to be New York and Houston. I just really do. Which I I say that just because they're just better on paper than all the other teams. Mm. But it really does matter. And this is why I like the new setup. It really does matter on who these two teams play. Yeah. Before they would meet each other, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like, Houston playing Toronto that I don't know if that's a pushover for the Astros I really don't and that's where it's so interesting because then you look over in Pirates land in the National League and there's some interesting stuff going on here because the freaking Padres don't know how to hold a lead for their life in anything right now um but we'll just assume that the Padres make it so the Dodgers are the clear-cut numerical favorite in terms of wins oh yeah they're already at 103 right yeah yeah i really do think though that it could come down to the mets and the in the braves yeah. i really do and it's just because the braves especially this year again did what every baseball team dreams of doing which is building in-house extending your guys And not only did you already have a pretty damn good core at its heart, you added Vaughn Grisham and Michael Harris and Spencer Strider to that core. 
a lineup of Travis Darno, Matt Olson, a healthy Ozzie Albies, which I'm hoping he's healthy by the postseason. Yeah. Dansby Swanson, Austin Riley, Ronald Acuna Jr., Vaughn Grisham, and Michael Harris is scary, dude. And Mets fans are pretty confident right now, but even the National League is going to change a lot because of arguably the most important series of the season for anybody on September 30th through October 2nd, where the Mets and the Braves play each other in Atlanta. That is a, I mean, that series is going to be laser focus. Everybody talking about it because it's going to probably decide who wins it because the Mets get the nationals in the last game or the last series of the year. And I believe the Braves play the, um, the Marlins. So realistically could decide a lot of different things here for both of these teams. Yeah. I'm excited about that. I kind of hope it goes down to that series. Like I hope they stay neck and neck like they are. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just, it's, it it feels similar with how close they are, but how the Braves, you know, over the last few games can't overtake the Mets feels similar to 2012 when the Yankees had the Orioles on their tail for basically the last month of the season. And then they ended up playing each other in the division series. And it was like, you know, five games and it was crazy. And it was the Raul Ibanez game and then this and that. And it was just insane. And I would love for the Mets and the Braves to come down to the wire and then for them to face each other in the ALCS. (laughs) That'd be great. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and that's a beautiful thing that I do think a lot of people forget about baseball. And I was hoping we were going to get it this year, but it does really seem like the playoff teams and the non-playoff teams are just so far apart. Playoff races are always just fun to talk about. More this year, it's more individual accolade races with Judge and Pools, and I'm sure there's other ones going on around the league that we probably don't think about as much. These two teams, the Pirates and the Yankees, do not meet, obviously, for the remainder of 2022, but... With the extended schedule in 2023, or expanded schedule, with everybody playing, everybody will meet twice. So that'll be very interesting to see. Uh, Aaron Judge, of course, will be wearing black and yellow the next time he sees the Yankees. (laughs) Uh, I'm not going to make my case as to why Aaron Judge should come to the Pirates, because it's not going to happen. Everybody (laughs) else can make their case. I'm sure the odds for him to come to Pittsburgh are probably like 500,000 to 1. And it would probably take like multiple different things, like a human sacrifice and Bob Nutting selling the team for Mark Cuban. But Red Sox, Yankees, Pirates, Cubs this weekend. Uh, Two very different series. (laughs) Two rivalries, nonetheless, but two very different series. What do you want to see from the Yankees over these last couple of weeks that would be like, okay, I'm confident going into the postseason? They just need to win series. That's all they need to do. They don't need to sweep any series, as long as they just win them, I'm fine with it. Um, I mean, would I love for them to sweep? Sure. But as long as they just keep winning series and not allowing silly, stupid things to happen and, you know, playing crisp baseball would be great. Um, I know some of the bullpen guys are exhausted at this point, which I think is why Wandy Peralta is going on the Phantom IL. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't think he's injured. I think he's just exhausted. And... I just need them to play well. You know, they don't need to run over everyone, but just look like you looked in uh, June. That'd be nice. Yeah. Be good. That's, I, I mean, I kind of feel the same way about the Pirates. Why can't we go back to the way they were playing in May when they were beating the Yankees? 
Yeah. Right? One game. Well, it was one game. It was one game, but it was still a positive record against the the Dodgers and the Yankees this year. You guys We're... beat up on the Dodgers. What was up with that? That's yeah. hilarious. And I said that, too, like to Yankee fans. I said, look, baseball is so strange that you can have a team like the Dodgers, who's up to 103 games, but they still lose. It's like they just there are certain bad teams that have a good team's number and you can't explain it. It just happens. And that's how baseball is. It's the strangest. That's why I love the sport so much because you can't, there are so many things you can't explain about it. It's, I love it. Yeah, it's great. It is great. And I'm hoping going into 2023 that some of these, uh, former Yankees like Rowanzi Contreras, who is the clear and cut front runner of these former Yankees trades, do good things. Um, it was also nice to see Clay Holmes get a home run hit off of him against the Pirates. I didn't mention that earlier, but that was very nice. But um, that, that boy is tired. He yeah. is exhausted. He needs to go on the uh, Phantom IL for a little bit there. Yeah, which is surprising with me now that Bednar's even coming back being a closer. I just that surprises me highly. But nevertheless, I know the Pirates will never be the Yankees, but I would like to see them get back to a point where. They're not a pushover. Right. I was actually talking to Chris Castellini, former Locked On Tigers guy, who's now at uh, your favorite place, Barstool. Um, <laughs> he was mentioning that the 2023 Pirates have a big chance to be the 2022 Tigers, hmm. which I was like, eh. But then I also said, okay, the Tigers are 57 and 92, which is almost damn near the same record as the Pirates. But at least the Tigers made a concerted effort to add talent. Right. Javi Baez, Eduardo Rodriguez. There there was a concerted effort there. That's all I'm asking out of the Pirates. Make a concerted effort. Just make a concerted effort. Right. And before we head out today, I do want to shout out betonline.ag. Of course, you can bet on the Yankees and Red Sox. You can bet on where Aaron Judge will end up next. You can bet on the NFL. Team matchups, news podcasts, in-depth articles, and analysis on every game you could find. As always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. And Bet Online is where the game starts. So hopefully you guys all enjoyed this part one part two podcast with me and stacy Gotsoulias of locked on yankees i'm not on locked on yankees i've been uh, traded to locked on yankees for podcasters to be named later so uh, if you see some random guy behind the backstop like we've seen all year with the pirates you wonder why uh it's because the yankees i got traded there so uh we'll see what happens i know that's the friend our old pal sully over locked on mlb he always likes to make that joke with me, always uh, hopes the Pirates are going to do better. As I always mentioned, Jeff Carr said the Pirates are going to be better in 2023. I said where. Um, and is Matt Canada secretly on the Pirates staff? More on that tomorrow. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, because the term punting has been used a lot. We'll leave it at this, Stace, because I know you'll agree with me. If you are in Yankee Stadium or whatever stadium you may be in, to watch Aaron Judge hit number 62 or 61, for the love of God, and I don't care if I get in trouble for this or not, if you see Zach Hample anywhere near 
the home run ball. Me and Stace give you full permission to absolutely curb stomp him in his tracks and pile on top of him like you piled on top of Aaron Judge's home run number 60. I think everybody would love it. I think it would be great. And I just want to see how he finesses his way into getting it. Because I feel like it's inevitable that he is going to find a way to get it somehow. And I know you mentioned this to me the other day that you were saying um, you hope Judge hits it into the monument area. Yeah. So, so nobody can get it. Yeah. Like, or I, which I think is funny because I know there's that protective netting over it. I would not be shocked to see a bunch of grown ass men jumping oh. on top of that protective netting right. to try to get that baseball. Zach Campbell spider monkeys. Included. Yeah. <laughs> and that includes Albert Pujols' baseball, too. Yeah. I, I just. Now, what I really hope happens for him is I hope that Albert is on 699 and Judge is on 61 on the same day. So that he has to choose which one to go to every single time. Yeah. And they just happen on alternate days or that they happen the same day so that it can't happen, period. But that's my uh, rant. It was a lot of ranting for me today. That's kind of what happens here in Pittsburgh land. What do you have coming up for the rest of the year, um, Stace? What, what else you got going on? Um. You know, just counting down to the playoffs and while the wild card series are happening, probably do like regular season player reviews. And of course, obviously, I'm going to pay attention to whichever series affects the Yankees and talk about what's happening in those. Um, but I'm just going to um, try and practice Zen baseball over the next, you know, 14, 15 games till the end of the regular season and just hope that the Yankees do well enough to win the division by a comfortable margin. And, um, yeah, this first round by is very important. And, um, you know, I'm glad they played as well as they did in the first half to set this up. So when they did crater in July and August, they still had a lead in yeah. the division. So. And with what we talked about today about Wandy Peralta, the question or the answer to your question was answered while we were recording. Mm -hmm. uh, it was Miguel and Duhar. It was designated for assignment, which I means, which I mean, guess, and I can guess that that means he cannot be traded for the top players in baseball anymore. Right. I, I feel bad for him. He, you know, him and Glaber were so great in 2018 and, you know, they were doubles machines and they were just, it looked like, wow, you know, the year before that or two years before that judge came up and then he had his full rookie season in 2017. You had Gary Sanchez, you had Andujar, you had Glaber and, you know, Yankee fans were so excited about the future and this and that. And it just didn't pan out. And that's a bummer. And I feel bad for what the Yankees did to him because they didn't really play him a lot. They kept him down in AAA. He didn't get the reps up here enough. And you know, you can't be consistent if you don't get the reps. And it's just this. This is a bummer. And I'm not happy about this i feel bad for him well and i also was reading comments when i first saw it that said anduhar is legitimately better than aaron hicks <laughs> poor hicks though yeah. man um god that that game where he made those two awful plays and boone had to take him out and it was just wow uh yeah i mean what are you gonna do they stuck Oswaldo Cabrera out there in left field. And um, since he's been called up, he's one of the best outfielders the Yankees have <laughs> defensively <laughs> with his putouts at home and, and everything else that he's doing. And it's just no matter where they stick him, right field, left field, um, infield, 
He's unbelievable. And, you know, Hicks can't do that. And the problem with Hicks was he was coming back from the surgery, coming back from a wrist injury. I gave him some leeway. It's not easy coming back from a wrist injury, you know, both defensively and offensively. But he was very boisterous when he was on CC Sabathia's podcast before the season talking about 30-30 season. And, like, you want a guy to have confidence, but you also don't want him to come out and make a fool out of himself and do what he did. And it's just, yeah, it's been rough. It's yeah, rough. Pirates fans just always remember, even the Yankees deal with struggles every once in a while. <laughs> it's not just us. With that said, guys, thank you guys for tuning in to the Locked On Pirates and Locked On Yankees podcast, where it was a Locked On crossover. As mentioned earlier, go check out our pal Sully over at Locked On MLB. I'm sure he's going to have everything you need to know about the playoffs. He's still doing his who won baseball thing. So always a fun little read by Sully to go check that out about who won baseball that current day. With that said, guys, I am Ethan Smith. That is Stacey Gottsalias of the Locked On Yankees podcast. We will see you guys on the flip side.